Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of the One O'ahu podcast of 2024. I'm Brandi Higa and today is Thursday, January 11th, 2024. We're joined by Mayor Rick Blangiardi. Mayor, first of all, Happy New Year. And how is 2024 going for you so far? Well, thank you, Brandi. And Happy New Year to you and Happy New Year to anybody who is listening to us. Uh, off to a fast start. And I'm excited about that. You know, we, uh, we've made no small plans for ourselves. This was the beginning or the beginning of our fourth year. Mm -hmm. um, earlier last week, January 2nd, made three years we've been in office. I actually uh, think we're really now starting to hit our stride. So I'm excited about the plans we've made. But more than anything, I'm excited about the team we have in place and their capability. And so for me, it's going to be about execution and looking forward to us accomplishing a lot this year. Yeah, kind of tailing on that, the start to a new year is kind of a natural time for reflection. What are some of the accomplishments you're particularly proud of from the past year? Well, that's a good question. You know, there were, there were a lot of things. I think um, I always want to start with the evolution of our team or the development of our team. I saw some people really step into places last year and step up, if you will, uh, in their performances. They really hold great promise. I really thought that uh, the town halls that we did last year was a, one of the highlights. It was very educational for us. Clearly getting the rail to, uh, to start on June 30th was no small achievement and getting the FTA back and all the acknowledgements that came with that that most of the general public doesn't know. But given the series of problems we had to work through to make that a reality was very gratifying in be able to meet, meet all those, those objectives or milestones, if you will. Uh, but the, um, the area in housing, the efforts in our housing um, have really encouraged me about what we're going to do forward. We've got a real good plan now, our housing plan's in place. We put a stake in the ground on what we want to get done over the next five years uh, and what we've done already to be on track to deliver 18,000 units. Um, in, in addition to that, um, Governor Green getting elected, the conversations we were able to have, uh, I think some of our planned collaboration, if you will, uh, is unprecedented. We were really on track to make some really big announcements in the homeless area, which is an area that I'm not satisfied with as far as the progress we made the past mm -hmm. year. Uh, there's more we could do. I can tell you this, though. Compared to other municipalities nationally, the fact that our numbers stayed flat to down in a couple of cases is no small accomplishment because in most major cities, and we are a major city, homelessness has gone up. And it's gone up in some cases dramatically in certain places. So um, for me, the fact that we are sort of right there around 4,000 on Oahu, uh, holding steady, not an acceptable number by any stretch, uh, but clearly um, an opportunity for us. And I'm hoping that a year from now when you ask me the same question, I can talk about the inroads we made with homelessness. But I have really a lot of confidence in the kind of housing efforts we're going to make. We made a lot of strides in DPP last year. They haven't quite all manifested themselves yet in um, with respect to our working relationship with the public, although in the solar industry, we really closed the gap. We had a lot of issues with residential and townhomes. That now has been put to bed. We did over almost 12,000 solar permits mm -hmm. last year, representing more than 60% of the applications we had, total applications. So the very fact that we could help that that part of it is important because of homeowners, but also uh, good for our overall economy and our contribution because the solar industry is, is a significant player. So look, it was just a myriad of things, but I, I, I wanna start the way I finished. I'm so excited and confident in our team 
And, you know, and this is a time now where we're getting ready for all the NFL playoffs and people talk about the great teams and whatever. I think in the same terms in looking at our administration because so much of what has to happen is predicated on their talents, their commitment, their dedication, their grit and their determination and their levels of expertise. So uh, I have great expectations this year that this will be our best year in office by far. You touched on it, but there are some areas where I assume you would like to see improvement. So maybe on the other end of it, right, we talked about accomplishments, not necessarily New Year's resolutions, no. but departments or strategies that you want to prioritize this year. Well, I think homelessness is a big one for us. We uh, just announcing that Sam Moku is going to move over from being chief of staff over to DCS to be our homeless coordinator. Uh, so happens he's very good friends, former teammates with uh, John Mazzuno, who just took over for the state, and I'm hoping that there'll be some synergy there. I know the governor and I both have had a lot of conversations and discussions, and we've got plans and things are in place, but you need you need the guys in the field making things happen. So we're going to put a lot of pressure on them to succeed. And I say them, it's not just Sam, on both John and Sam, because conceptually or collectively, state and city need to really work together on this because of uh, the combined resources and what that represents. So that's one of the areas. Uh, clearly, as much as I just said uh, about DPP's performance to date, having that stuff, as I indicated, manifest, seeing some real, um, uh, some real uh, improvement, if you will, in the time that it takes for people to get their permits and how well we can facilitate that. Uh, I, we've got the bar set really high, and we're counting on automation, we're counting on technology, we're counting on people that we're working with outside uh, with Acuity and a few other people now for all the things that we've put in place to really start to happen. So I'm excited about that. That'll be a huge contribution uh, on so many different levels, not the least of which is, again, to our overall economy. You know, look, we're still in an economic rebuild. Um, Post-COVID, three years later, not even three, we're not even out of COVID mm -hmm. for three years. Uh, and the remnants, we still feel. You know, we're, we're seeing it manifest in, you know, all kinds of businesses and whatever. I mean, we're not quite back. Nobody's back to where we were pre-pandemic levels for the most part. Uh, and we're still, that's an uphill battle. And so anything and everything we can do to contribute uh, to the overall momentum of our economy locally is really important for us. And look, I think the rest of it is, um, you know, we're making a lot of inroads on, on hiring at the city and the staffing and, and cutting time, time delays down, but it's in our recruiting efforts too. This year is going to be a real area because we have critical needs. We need engineers desperately. We're, do, we're doing a lot of work um, with the various unions to get some understanding so we can be competitive, both in um, skilled engineers, IT sector, uh, with respect to modernizing the city. These are things that people don't really necessarily talk about per se or see, uh, but I can tell you the men and women who work for the city and county have everything to do with the quality of the work that gets done and the amount of work. And so if we're understaffed, you know, um, it's it's not a good thing. We've been understaffed for a long time. We've we've really made some inroads uh, in our HR department to help help with that. And, and the rest of it is just uh, this job, as I've said repeatedly, I know I'm an elected official. I know that people think of perhaps mayors as politicians. This job is an operating job. I've said time and again, it's about solving problems and getting stuff done. And I think that's where we're focused, and I think that's where I probably feel the most grounded and confident in making that statement. We're not playing any games. There's no drama. We work well around with the city council. Uh, we work well across the street with the state. We work well with our prosecutor's office, our police department. Any, anybody and everybody maybe in past times where there was just a lot of noise, 
We don't have any of that. Everybody's focused on, 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 on doing stuff and getting the right stuff done. I want to go back to something you said. You mentioned Chief of Staff Sam Moku moving over to kind of tackle homelessness. Yeah. Um, for some people, that might sound jarring, but if you can remind folks, Sam actually held a director position in the city prior, right. and what kind of attributes did you see in him that would make him successful for something like this? Well, you know, Sam has a big heart, you know, and he's well-loved by a lot of people, and, and he's an influencer, you know, because he's been around. Not only was he a director, but, you know, Sam was a, a real star at UH, and when, after he left that, had gone off and did a lot of things uh, to create some success and high visibility in town. He knows just about everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's an important thing, too, because when I say he's an influencer, you got to be able to mix well with people, get to know them or whatever, because we, you you know, you don't do that job on an island. Mm -hmm. uh, and tackling the homeless issue, not only is it a collaboration with the state, but you got your non, you know, you, you have your um, homeless service providers, you have your nonprofits, as I started to say. You just have a lot of people and players, churches, et cetera, um, and various other interest groups. And so what I've noticed about Sam is he has a skill that he's one of these rare guys that gets everybody to like him. I mean, I, I've yet to hear anybody say something bad. And I wanted to have somebody in there who had a heart for the job, who uh, had some knowledge, if you will, and certainly now I'm working with John. Uh, those two guys can cultivate their game plan, but also it's a kind of person to go out and get people who want to do something to help because that's what we need. We mm -hmm. need help to do it. You need, you need that kind of collaboration, cooperation, uh, you know, in a, in a number of sectors. So I think that's what that's what it's about. And I'm, um, I'm really going to be cheering for Sam to do a great job. As I told him uh, on the last day of uh, when we signed all the papers and he transferred over, you need to be successful with this. For, for, for not just yourself, not for our administration, but for everything that this city and this island needs, you got to hit this one out of the park. So I'm, I'm going to count on him. You mentioned HPD and kind of the way that we work with them, but it was a difficult way for that department to start off the new year with two of their own in the ICU. I know that you got a chance to, to visit with those two officers that were involved in that incident with the armed attempted murder suspect. Can you, can you talk about that visit if you're comfortable? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I want to respect the privacy of those men, but you know, we got over there really the day after and it was, you know, it was chilling. It's, it's, it's sobering. I mean, you walk in and you know, you see two men in ICU uh, both of him, well, one of which was shot in the face and the other was, you know, shot in the abdomen. Not good places to be shot. Good news is they're going to survive. But they were surrounded by family in both of those rooms and there were some police officers as well. And so you walk in and, and you see a couple of men still pretty much in shock, um, battling for their lives. But as I said, the prediction here is that they, they are both going to survive. But um, it brings home the dangers of that job. Mm -hmm. It brings home the reality of how easy on, on, on one day you could be, you know, on a Sunday of all days of the week just working your job and, you know, next thing you know, you, you're, in a, you're in a gunfight and then in this particular case, they were wounded and um, fighting for their lives. That's uh, everything that we've said about the bravery of our first responders. Uh, of all of them, I mean, I, I look. The police officers are different in that they wear guns and they use guns, um, you know, but they all they all have incredible bravery because they just never know from one hour to the next, and that's what they trained for, what they could be confronted with, and you know, we all we all rely on that. We all want to rely on the fact that if something's happening and we call the police, that they're ready and they're competent, they can come over. The same thing with fire. The same thing with calling for an ambulance. And when you think about those circumstances, when people do call for ambulances, what that takes, 
uh, in the kind of condition that they're in. And they do that hour after hour, day after day, and they do it with great consistency. So, you know, that's what I thought about. I thought about um, the reality of it all. And so I thought some prayers are with them. Um, I'm, I'm confident they're much better today. I have not seen them since mm -hmm. that first day. Uh, but I've kept tabs on it, and, and so they're on the mend. But, you know, those are wounds you don't easily come by. And that's just, you know, it's going to be a lifelong painful reminder of that tragic event. Yeah. Mayor, I want to switch gears. You recently signed into law bills 50 and 51 related to transit-oriented development and rezoning yep. of land in Halava. Um, what do you hope those those bills do? Well, look, along with our investment in infrastructure in Halava as well, this is where the city is taking a really, I mentioned earlier about our homeless, or rather our housing uh, plan, but this is, you know, tied to everything that the state intends to do with this with the the new Haloa stadium economic development the they said uh in and around that so you know one of the things i've learned three years in office is that sometimes you got to change the laws uh or 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 in this particular case was dealing with zoning requirements to help facilitate that so along with an investment in infrastructure uh getting legislature passed where it really kind of opens the doors uh for the exploration and ultimately development of, of housing in this big mixed-use area. You know, uh, the long-term benefit of this is they're not only talking about building the stadium, but a very different kind of look at that whole Halava area that what we've known historically with Aloha Stadium sitting there and then pretty much just a parking lot around mm -hmm. it or whatever. And I think the first indication of what the future looks like is the fact we have the rail station there. And you can see that and what that represents in connecting the west side um, to the east side. Uh, but, you know, going forward, far beyond my time in office, but going forward with the advent not only of a, a new stadium complex, but housing and, like I said, mixed use, that 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 place will almost become a city unto itself. And we the word in those early stages where you do that kind of groundwork, uh, and like I said, even for that matter, investing in infrastructure because it's going to require all that. And what is that like? Because we weren't there when the stadium opened for its first game. I was there. I wasn't, sorry, I wasn't you there when the stadium born. opened for its first game. I don't think you were even born. Game. I was there coaching. But, we, but when you talk about that, right, for those that are listening that will be able to reap the benefits of this project, what yep. can they get excited for? Well, for, as someone future. who lived through yeah, something like that. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, you know, in fact, I've been melancholy about that. I've talked about it because there I am. You know, we've been out there at the stadium, at the um, stadium, with the rail at the stadium, and that's all brand new and modern and that connection, I look and I look right across the way, and there's that empty facility now, mm -hmm. three years yeah. vacant, having lived through a 45-year cycle, and all that that re represented in the way of nostalgia and memories for me, not unlike even quite honestly the old stadium. Mm -hmm. um, those are really treasured moments and all the things that took place. But now you turn the page on that, and you start talking about well, what can be now because things will become different something we all live with every day. You know, the world is changing, but this is about creating the future. And hopefully um, what gets created, um, and all we're doing in the early stages is laying a foundation for that creation. Right. But hopefully what gets created would be really good and positive and better than anything that's ever been there before. And I can only hope for that. And, and, and we'll see how things evolve. I'm, I'm gonna be very interested to see uh, as the state gets ready to put out the RFPs for the for building and development and the plans and who comes in and what the vision is and what they start to say. I mean, there's been some talk about, you know, conceptually, but not really seen anything other than a little bit of renderings. And for anytime they show you one of the renderings, they are very quick to tell you, it was just a projection. We don't know what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. So, um, 
those are exciting times because the world moves forward, you know, and this uh, last week, since uh, this is the 11th, last week, just last week, 11 days ago, not even two weeks ago, we just entered the fifth year of the third decade of the 21st century. When I say it in those terms, as opposed to saying I was born in 1946, <laughs> um, that gives me an entirely different impact. You know, the fifth year of the third decade of the 21st century, um, as much of a traditionalist as I am, as many wonderful things that we want to hold on to and hold on to dearly about all that makes Hawaii great, there's a world out there and a future that we have to stay up with. And this is one of those projects where hopefully it'll be one of those really great shining examples of doing something that's uh, you know, really modern and, and very beneficial to the people who live here. We talk often about transit-oriented development around Halava, um, but I was just wondering what it's going to look like closer to Civic Center, where we're sitting today. The city recently closed on the $51.5 million purchase of EV Lay Center. So what, what is the plan there? Well, the plan there is for mixed use uh, of residential. We hope that maybe, and again, without any renderings and development, mm -hmm. maybe have 1,000 units in there, whether it's in one tower or two towers. Mm -hmm. It's 3.8 acres. Uh, we want to put in restaurants. We want to put in a very different train station than what was planned uh, to provide access in both ways. That's why we're actually in the process of, you know, it was announced at the same time about our acquisition of First Hawaiian Bank on North King Street, right, right by Dillingham. Mm -hmm. But there are other parcels in there we're looking at. We're looking at a complete transformation of that area, which candidly has been warehouses would be kind. Uh, it's been uh, some really dilapidated properties have been dilapidated for many years in that area. Not ideal, not well suited for anybody uh, feeling even comfortable in. Yeah. We're going to change all of that. And that's that. I'm very excited about that. I, if um, the possibilities of what we can do between Evil A Center and the other uh, acquisitions we're making, what that'll represent, in addition to hopefully being a stimulus, I know Castle and Cook owns over 18 acres in that area is looking at doing some um, some big things as well. When you consider, um, you know, Evelay in its proximity to the urban core downtown, um, you know, that's the next big frontier. Just as we've seen Kaka'ako develop in a different way, mm -hmm. given its proximity to downtown Almoana, Waikiki, and it'll be an ongoing uh, looking at the future plans of, of the Hughes Corporation Evelay is a place for people to live, people to play, people to work. Um, you know, and I've worked out there for many years. I mean, just in between, just right down the road at White Camilo, and that mm -hmm. whole area would go through it every day. But if you just were to go up in a drone or just in a low-flying thing and look down on Evelay and how it relates to the downtown Chinatown corridor, I mean, it's it's an incredible piece of real estate, and um, and at some time, the time was going to come where that no longer should be what it's been for a long mm -hmm. time as an old seaport uh, that we were, you know, and still are. Uh, but the potential of that for people to live close to town and to work and play is uh, a big one. And uh, this is the early stages of making that happen. Sticking with transit, when is your next meeting with the FTA and kind of what's next um, yeah. on the schedule for getting these rail cars to? The airport well, and, yeah. and so forth. I think the next step, and I, I, I probably, you know, the FTA came in here not too long ago. We met with them. But I, I do think, um, I really believe that we're going to start talking about phase two and how to set that up, which is a completion to Al Moana and at the same time 
um, going deeper into Kapolei. At least that's how I see it. And uh, so we said all along that um, we're never giving up on the ultimate goal to get to Al-Muana and maybe even beyond. In fact, I think part of that will happen, but I don't know. You know, this is a project we said earlier. It was a 100-year project. It's transformative. There are different phases. All of these projects on the globe, if you will, from a global perspective, these multi-billion dollar projects taking place in other countries as well as within the United States. Um, they happen in phases, they happen over time. You know, originally this was conceived to uh, go to the University of Hawaii to connect, you know, the, uh, so someday maybe perhaps, I don't know, but I think the second phase and it would depend on the amount of how we could federalize it with federal monies and what would be available and what they would be willing to help with. I know one of the things that we wouldn't get federal money for is the part to El Moana, but the rest of it we would possibly, we would need we would need help. We'd have to have a construction partner. We're on our own uh, as part of our deal to complete El Moana, and, um, and, and there are ways to do that, funding to do that without raising taxes or whatever else. But we need to we need the FTA in there on that to be a long term partner with us both as both strategically and financially. Um, they they really believe in rail systems. I think you've seen that mm -hmm. now really around that country and around the world. The different rail systems that are, are going on to connect people. Uh, and this whole evolution it almost seems like something from the Jetsons, if you will, in looking at the future and how people transport themselves and maybe not necessarily wanting to ride in their cars and look for the ease of it, especially when you can, the time reliance and so on. So, um, yeah, this is this is the first phase of something that I, I know I'm not gonna, I mean, I know where I am in life, but I almost could imagine at least on, on what it could be. And I think it, it'll be an excellent way of making life on Oahu for people a lot more accessible, a lot more equitable, uh, and provide opportunities not only in education but in jobs and not only working there but how they can work and how they can get back and forth and so on. So um, it's very exciting to be a part of this. I wish I was about 40 years younger and then I could talk about someday, but uh, I'm not. Mayor, a recent win for the city, securing a significant preliminary legal decision and challenges brought on by the ACLU. Yeah. Your thoughts? Well, this is a significant win. It has struck a good chord in the balance that we asked for. You know, every time I start to talk about our homeless population, I always start off by saying it's not a crime to be homeless, although there's been a lot of criminal activity within the homeless community, and we've all known that, and we've gone to work with that. That's been part of what Weed and Seed and Safe and Sound have been about. You get a lot of bad characters trying to hang out in there because it was a safe haven, kind of confusing the issue. But, um, you know, the very fact that... Um, People, and look, we live differently here. We live in neighborhoods or whatever, and homelessness is not contained to one area. It's become very pervasive. And so you see it when you drive around. You see it in places you never used to see it before. And even though our numbers have remained relatively stable, it's kind of moved around. And nobody should feel unsafe, feel like they can't walk down a sidewalk or around, you know, they've got to cross the street and so on and so forth. So um, this gives us that opportunity not to let things get out of control uh, in, in that regard while we battle, if you will, our, um, the challenge of put, taking people off the streets and putting them in places where they could live. And, you know, and it's not, I can't say the whole group, you don't want to, it's, you know, there's a lot of stratas to the homeless population. Mm -hmm. 
those people in need, economic need who are okay mentally but just fell on hard times financially, we can provide help. We can provide help now. We want to certainly do that. And some of our acquisition strategy on housing for them is precisely that. Yeah. But for that hardcore, for that uh, not just men but mostly men, that incorrigible person has been out there for 10 years, it suffers from addictions or illness, that's not an easy person to deal with, and we have to have facilities and resources to deal with that. So this allows us to not get pushed around. Quite honestly, um, this was this was a remarkable decision by Judge Tanaki because mm -hmm. the ACLU on that Ninth Circuit District Court ruling had gained a lot of momentum in other cities. and. Um, you know, recently I was asked to go to San Francisco, and then somebody called me and said, "You, you really don't want to go to San Francisco, right?" You, you, and I've seen videos and whatever, but they've um, they've taken away the soul of a lot of major West Coast cities, not to mention elsewhere, by being far too liberal. Look, you, you hear about it all the time in the border crossings and what's going on, and what's impacting. And so, this is our own little warfare here, if you will. Uh, we're trying to treat people with as much humanity as we possibly can, especially for those people who are willing to be helped and want to be helped. Uh, but, you know, I have no room, no patience for people who think they have license to get in there and, and block streets and do everything else that they do uh, and not trying to better their lives or improve those conditions. So this allows us to work with that. It's around this time uh, each year for the past three years we nail down a few things. We set in stone the date and the location for your State of the City address. Is there anything you're able to give away publicly? Yeah, I think we're going to do it on March 14th. This time we're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to take it over to the Blaisdell, to the Picaki Room, uh, where we have those conference rooms set up. Uh, your boss, Scott Humber, and I went over there and looked at it, and we met with Dita Holyfield, who's our Director of Enterprise Services. And I think uh, it's, a, it's a bigger room. Um, I think it's got some nice staging possibilities and whatever, and we want to invite as many people as we can there. We're going to do something a little bit different in that spirit of change. Uh, and I also feel in the challenge of uh, the fact that, uh, you know, we have one kind of conversation like this, but I've said to our team, in the spirit of what I just said to you about my expectations of this team, this is really about their celebration of their work. This is not about me going up there saying, I, I, I. Mm -hmm. This is about our deliverables. This is about holding us accountable. This is about doing the things we said we're going to do. And for that matter, in some cases, telling people what they can expect from us so they can hold us accountable. So that's what, to me, the state of the city is about. And I'm excited to do that. And, and, and given all the success of last year, my only angst right now, because you can only do this in a limited time frame, mm -hmm. like an hour, mm -hmm. is to make sure we can cover all the things that have happened. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I continue to say it. Um, we are trying to regain trust in local city government in a world right now where politics has gone into the national narrative on politics. I, I just, you know, last weekend was watching some of the national news shows and listening to, because it's st already starting on the, on the presidential stuff. It's been going on for a while, but now it's starting to heat up because it's game time. Even mm -hmm. President Biden came out and, 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 and blasted Trump, I mean, very, you know, aggressively. But you're hearing it now from... Mm -hmm. You know, like people like Ron DeSantis and, and Nikki Haley and a lot of other people. And, you know, things are getting exaggerated, uh, not exaggerated, but amplified, if you will, and, and the, uh, in the 
politics of everything. And you know, so we want to we want the public to feel that they can trust us, and then we're going to gain that trust through our actions and our deeds and, and our, what we deliver. And at the same time, in the spirit of kind of what we were talking about on new and different or whatever, is creating hope, hope in the future. We want people to feel excited about tomorrow, even if, though none of us can predict tomorrow. And so there's things you need to do that are purposeful that create that sense. And that's what we're that's what we want to deliver. So you get a chance like a state of the city, you wanna you wanna take that moment in time and, 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 and make it make it matter. Make it, you know, count, you know, and say, Okay, this is what we've done, this is what we're going to do and and everybody feel pretty good about it. After last year's State of the City address, you and your cabinet embarked on a two to three month town hall tour yeah. where you went all over the island. Um, what can folks expect this year? Is there something similar already on the Same on, thing, the only books? better. Yep. Same thing, only better. We're going, to, uh, we're going to do 13 this year. We're going to add on two. We did uh, 11 in 10 weeks last year. And, um, you know, it was a journey of learning as we talked about that. So it was more than the nine council districts, obviously. In a couple mm -hmm. of areas, we went, we had a couple. But this year, we're going to add on one as a, a youth town hall that we want to talk to younger people in the spirit of what I just got done saying about tomorrow, mm -hmm. if you will, because young people think about tomorrow. What does that mean? Do they feel positive about it? Or do they feel negative about it? Can we help them feel positive about it? Because we don't want them feeling negative because we already deal with enough teenage suicide. We already deal with enough people saying, I'm going to leave. There's no future for me here. All that stuff, the out-migration. So we want to do that. We're also going to take on the LGBTQ community because um, it's a sizable community. and We want to give them a voice. As we've said uh, in these sessions, they can ask us anything, but we go there to listen too. So we really felt like uh, we're going to do 13 of them and we'll start again. Not exactly sure about schedules. I do like doing them on Thursday nights. Uh, so I think we'll do it again on Thursday nights. I'm not exactly sure of the actual start date. An issue that came up during the last round of town halls was the Kohuku pool. Yeah. I know that we try to kind of close the ends on, on all these issues that come up at the town halls and not let anything fall through the cracks. What's the latest there? Well, we've had several meetings with AES, and we've got funding, and we get the design early. Uh, I think we have a memorandum of agreement between our Department of Parks and Recreation and uh, with Lawson. Um, not Lawson, AES, I'm sorry, Central Lawson's our contact Lawson, AES, and they've already committed $5 million to the project, and we're spending their first part in our planning and development as a part of the Memorandum of Understanding. Uh, we know the location at Kuhuku High School. Everybody seems to be in agreement in that. We're going to build a really competitive pool, not only just for the school, but for all the people who live out on that side of the island, accessible. Um, and so I think I have a meeting coming up, actually. So I know it's on my calendar relatively soon. Tuesday, so we'll, yeah. Yeah, and so we'll have that um, before we have, a, have another town hall out there. And I think this time we get out to Laie. And, you know, last year we were out there. It was really funny. They brought the, the girls' uh, water polo team and everybody else. And, <coughs> and they were just saying, you know, how the lament that while we're on an island surrounded by water, and most everybody enjoys some form of water recreation and you know it's whether from advanced surfing body surfing and people but the ocean is one kind of water having a really good pool is another kind of water and that other kind of water for all that it affords people from the standpoint of you know recreation what it affords teams to play and all of that is what we need to build and create so what do you hope to get done tuesday night at that community meeting is, is that to 
Well, I want to tell people that we uh, it's for real. The, the last year we heard about it, we heard the cry, we responded as aggressively, as quickly as we could. There was some concern that AES wouldn't be a financial partner. They've come in yeah. and actually upped, upped their contribution by a million dollars. They originally, originally talked about four million, but they're down to two and a half. We got them back to the four, we got them back to five, uh, and that's our seed money. And meanwhile, it gives a chance for the city to plan on capital improvement. We think to build this pool the right way is going to be you know, I hate to throw a number out there because I'm uninformed on what it really takes, mm -hmm. but let's just say it's no less than 25 million, and hopefully not that much greater. But it could it could go another 10 or 15. I, I don't know. Um, the one challenge is building on that side of the island, you know. And we went out and did a tour of BYU Hawaii just to see all their construction and how they're doing it, and they've done some innovative things. But that's a long way for people to go back and forth every day and trucks and labor, all that stuff. So. You know, there's, there's significant additional costs, and maybe that's part of the reason why it's never been done before, because it's just so damn hard. But, you know, those things that we find hard, we like doing. Mm -hmm. What's going to be done this year as the ledge, ledge opens next week? Are any bills, anything in particular you'd like to see past this well, session? Yeah, we're going to go over and ask them for some money this time. We haven't asked them for any money on some of the appropriations. And right, they, right now, as of this morning, I, I don't have all that clear in my mm -hmm. head exactly what we're going to ask. Um, but I think the time has come uh, that we can reach out to the city and look, and we're very sensitive, and that's part of the reason why it's not finalized yet. We're very sensitive. We understand the impact of the Maui wildfires and e the economic impact uh, on, on, the, on the ledge and how they're thinking and where priorities need to be mm -hmm. and how that's going to sort itself out. And some of that stuff, because it hasn't started yet, is still a little bit ill-defined here. Mm -hmm. uh, but we've got some needs, too, because keep in mind, the island of Oahu is, represents more than 80% of the state's GDP. And there's a lot of activity here and a lot of things are absolutely essential. So um, we're gonna need some help from the state this year. And next time we do a podcast, I'll be able to give you that in great detail. It's Sony Open Week. Mm. Mayor, why is this golf tournament important for Oahu? Well, you know, um, every year I listen to the economic impact and what the amount of money that's raised and the money that goes to nonprofits and helps charities. Mm -hmm. It's also being part of the PGA circuit, you know, gives Hawaii, and it has ever since it was the old Hawaiian Open, you know, just uh, in the middle of a dreary winter in a lot of places, people get to see, you know, people playing golf and beautiful, on beautiful wildlife, and usually typically the weather always stands up and it's it's beautiful, it, it doesn't hurt that way. I Look, it's just, it's one of those events. This is a, um, a PGA event, and um, there are not a lot of those kinds of things that get sanctioned that way, and and so it kind of adds something, and golf is a very popular game here. Uh, so it's just one of those cool things we want to have. We certainly wouldn't want to lose it. You know, you think about things in sports. I know, look, we're not going to have any major league teams come in here for a long time, probably ever now, because of the plans for the next stadium. You know, occasionally we have some preseason basketball. The NBA came in, I think, last year, and I haven't heard anything about this year, but, you know, they came in last year, and you get some exhibition games. But when you can hold something like like the Sony Open that is legitimately respected in the world of professional golf and we can maintain having it here and we have that capability, we should hold on to that. That's why it's important. Well, Mayor, thank you for your time. This is the One Oahu Podcast, so for one final thought. Well, thank you, Brandy. I can't believe how time, fast our time goes by. Um, look, let's close the show like we started. It's a happy new year. Uh, we've lived through in last year for all the good things we tried to get done. All of us lived through a pretty incredible year. 
for a lot of events, a lot of things happening in the world. I talked earlier about the politics. I didn't even bring up the war in Israel and Gaza, and for that matter, the ongoing battle in Ukraine and the oppression of that, and just seeing day in and day out, if you will, man's inhumanity to man and things like that that could be more than discouraging. Uh, and we certainly have all kinds of challenges within our own country. Um, so, you know, we all go forward to this. Life is not easy. Uh, we need each other to make it as best as possible. But all of that, to me, starts with people's attitudes, too. And we're blessed to live in Hawaii. And uh, at times, our isolation is um, can be a negative, creates hurdles. And other times, it could be a tremendous asset. So I tend to be a really idealistic person and ask a lot of people to help us make this just a great place for all of us to live, work, and play. We're all blessed to live here. So I want to wish everybody a great 2024. It's the year of the dragon. Uh, and I've been, I just finished a couple of Chinese meetings, and people are very excited about that. They think that lends itself to all kinds of good things and prosperity. Um, let's make that let's make that happen. What What are you, by the way? What is your animal? I think I'm a dog. Is the dog supposed I, to fare well in the year in this year? I, I, I you know what? I don't know enough about that, <laughs> but I'm going to say I hope so. Yes. <laughs> and I'll find out. I didn't know that, but I just I will tell you that um, I am very optimistic about what we're going to achieve as a team here in the city and because uh, I believe in that. I believe in the potential of this team to deliver stuff that has never been done before and just the joy of that. You know, earlier in the week you were with me and we recognized five young ladies that mm-hmm. won a national championship for, at Cal Lutheran, Division Three, admittedly, but they weren't even, you know, they weren't, they weren't even supposed to even be in the tournament, much right. less win the whole thing. There's so much to be said for that. You know, and that starts with, you know, when we were talking to them, you know, they said we just took it one step at a time, not knowing full well until we got to that championship game that all roads led to that. It's kind of how I look at things too, okay? I don't have an ability to predict the future. I do think I have a sense of the things we need to do day in, day out to help create that future, and that's what this is about. It's working towards that day at a time. Mayor, thank you for your time. You're welcome. Thank you. And 2023 ended with an incredible success story out of our Honolulu Fire Department. Next week, we'll sit down with the men who rescued Ian Snyder. That's the hiker who was rescued three days after falling nearly a thousand feet near the Polinaches Trail. The HFD rescue captain and first responder who rappelled down to Snyder will be joining us. That's next week on the One O'ahu podcast. Until then, I hope you're all having a happy new year and mahalo for listening. <laughs>